What's up, everybody? Summer is over. No, it's still summer. It's still yeah, summer. Yeah, come it's on. Still, it's still hot as balls, really. Who am I kidding? But the uh, the lull, the slight little lull we had between the World Cup ending and the Premier League season starting is finally coming to an end. And this is now a Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren. I'm the Swede. And Elliot Niblock, the Yank. I'm the Yank. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, uh, for all of you that have been listening to us previously as FRS, Premier League Podcast, it's now a Yank and a Swede, and um, we're missing one person. That's Polly. He is no longer with us. I'm sure he will come back as a guest every now and then. But for Yeah, we'll now... be two Yanks and a Swede occasionally, but for the time being, it's just the two of us, and we'll be holding down the fort with just occasional guest appearances from Sir Questel. Yeah, and you know we might find some other people to to have on to discuss all the wonderful things that goes on in the world's best football league, the Premier League. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe uh, this time, if we get another interview with Brian McBride, the U.S. won't crash out of the World Cup the same damn day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Good timing on that one. Uh, woof. Yep. So we're going to do a little preview here of the match day one fixtures. We'll touch upon what each team have done during this offseason. New players coming in, players leaving all that good transfer stuff. And I mean, now it's, we're talking official transfers. So it's done deals. So Elliot, hopefully you feel a little bit better about that than you do about all the speculation, the silly season stuff. Well, and you know, this year actually was from an Arsenal fans perspective, which, you know, if any of you out there don't know, I am an Arsenal supporter uh, for my sins. But Unlike many previous years where we left it until the 11th hour and then scrambled to sign Kim Kallstrom, who, oh, it turns out he's got a back injury. We actually did most of our transfer business early. So from a you know personal supporter perspective, I was less anxious. And so I think that meant that I was able to enjoy the quote unquote silly season maybe a little more this year. I mean, and if nothing else, just because, you know, like a big money move like Cristiano Ronaldo to Juventus, even though it's not the Premier League, like it has already had some and will continue to have knock-on effects. And we'll speak a little more about what some of those effects might be within the Premier League itself. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, when a marquee player like that moves, it has sort of a domino effect. So definitely touch upon Cristiano Ronaldo and his departure from Real Madrid to Juventus. But first, it's the Premier League. It's coming back on Friday. So uh, first game of the season Manchester United at home to Leicester. And speaking of the summer transfers, Manchester United, they have not been very active. They've brought in three players. Diogo Dalot, or Dalot, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, from Porto. <laughs> and then you got Fred coming in from Chakhtar Donetsk. See, the I'm, new Fred. See, I'm better at saying Chakhtar Donetsk than I am saying Diogo Dalot or I, I thought you were going to say I'm better at saying Fred. <laughs> yeah, I am. Fred is a lot easier. If all players could just have one one name, that would make things a lot easier for me. Although it's hard to have that many players all with mononyms. You're oh. just going to end up with a lot of Michaels. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And then they also brought in Lee Grant from Stoke as, I'm assuming, the third keeper. Um, well, okay. I mean, let me ask you. let me ask you this. 
right now as we're you know previewing match one for your club united do you think that they're going to sign any more players i mean we're down to 24 hours here at the most i think one player will come in yeah and it would be hilarious if that player is harry mcguire from leicester (laughs) It's possible. It's possible. It is possible. I mean, it that would be pretty hilarious if they end yep. up doing that move. Uh, it is. Well, it has especially been... if he, you know if he travels for. You can't exactly say, "Oh, well, he couldn't be here today." Well, if he's traveling to Manchester on Thursday, surely for their game on Fridays. So he's going to be in town anyway. So they're just going to call him over from the hotel. Like, hey, why don't you come down? Have a medical. See how it's going. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, it's been frustrating. It's been a a lot of rumors, and then a lot, especially of players leaving, which has been my biggest concern. You know, we yeah. the Anthony Martial situation started, you know, last season really, and um, I really hope that he ends up staying. Uh, we've already seen a couple of young, the young players go out on loan. Uh, Cameron Borthwick Jackson out on loan again, this time to Scunthorpe. Uh, Joel Pereira is going to Vitoria Setubal. And then we saw Axel Twanzebe go on loan to Aston Villa. So I guess they, he's the John Terry replacement there at Villa. Who knows? Well, I mean, and I think that hang on to Martial and also Pogba, you know, keeping those players is as important as signing a big name player, but also it's hard to, hard to say that, that, yeah, like it it would be difficult for me to be in the stands at old Trafford and with Mourinho's style of football with last campaign, it would be really hard to be, you know, ecstatic about the kickoff on Friday night. Yeah, it, it is a bit worrying, and already Mourinho's comments in the media has been a bit disheartening. I, I mean, just looking at the team, Mourinho out, Mourinho yeah, out. Seriously though, <laughs> but I mean, just looking at the team sheet, you have a lot of quality players already. So I don't know why he's out in the media bitching and moaning that he, oh, we haven't brought in this many players as I want, and blah blah blah. I mean, really, you have a good squad. You have a really I mean, good squad. He's we we know we know Jose. He is looking for a scapegoat before he even knows what he's scapegoating, and that is he's looking for a reason why he failed to succeed before a ball has even been kicked in the eighteen nineteen season. I mean, this is just so totally totally in character for him. Sadly, so, um, but it's just. It's how he operates. Yeah, and, it really you know. is. And it's a shame. And if he doesn't have the full backing of the board that they don't want to make these big moves that he's after, then sack him. I know it's yeah. going to cost you a lot of money to sack him. But I feel like in the longer run, even short term, I think it would be worth it. As I'm not the one paying out the those millions but yeah. I, I just feel like having him on for another season will do more harm than good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I was going to say you heard it here first, but no, you've heard, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, you've probably already heard many rumblings of the, oh, it's the, it's this, it's the season curse for Mourinho. 
Mourinho out in December, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. But he, the, I think the real wild card that he has is not just hanging on to Martial and Pogba, although that's important. But you know, the the Alexis on a full summer's rest for the first time, really for the first time since he bloomed into the player that we know him to be today. Yeah, forever. and I think that that could be his ace in the hole. Um, and you know, he certainly, if nothing else, another consistency in his personality is that he loves to stick it to Arsene Wenger. So even though he's complaining about not having any big signings, you know, that if Alexis just roars out the gate and scores five goals in the first three games, then all Mourinho is going to talk about is not, Oh, I didn't get the signings I wanted, but rather, Oh yeah, I really pulled one over on Arsenal because I knew that he was going to do this. It's just, he's, he's just such a two faced little turd, bucket yep those um, are the nicest words i can come up with for him go. at least yeah. the closest to pg anyway <laughs> yeah as far as uh, notable departures uh daily blint went to ajax and michael carrick retired so it's not like you've lost a super core member of your team either so united they ended second last year they were ways off city of course but this is still a team that should be fighting for a uh, top four position. So yeah, we'll on the, we'll the other side of the pitch, however, I think that Leicester are going to yes. really struggle in that regard. Yeah. You let's know? I mean, let's they, move over to Leicester. They lost Riyad Morris. Th- that's the biggest loss. Um, kind of a surprise signing from Man City. I mean, I think that he, he he's going to be, you know, the next in a long line of Jesus Navas, who <laughs> is, a big money winger who doesn't actually get any playing time at the Etihad. I mean, he's a player that I rate really highly, but they're just, you know, he's trying to break into a defending champion side with a ton of talent. And I just, I, you know, it's the, it's the football manager, FIFA, whatever you play equivalent of, Oh, I've got, had all this money and it doesn't necessarily roll over to next season so i might as well buy this guy no it's true and the thing is that we have a saying in sweden called cake on cake <laughs> if i translate it over cock cock and it's you know you have almost too much of a good thing i guess that would be the easiest english translation that would make some form of sense but no i think cake on cake makes sense in this could, context you know what that could be our new one cake on cake Let's make a make a gif or jif or however the hell you say it <laughs> out of that. But I, I Morris, in my opinion, makes he's at his best as a starter, and I have highly doubt that he's going to start a majority of the games for a city no. this season. Yeah, he's he's at his best. I mean, let, let's be real. His best is almost certainly behind him, no matter what. And his best was creating chances for Jamie Vardy. And as you say, his best was when he was starting every game, when he had an extremely pacey striker in front of him, when he had one of the best holding midfielders in the game behind him in in N'Golo Conte, feeding him the ball. And, you know, the number of goals that Leicester scored that were three pass goals, Conte, Mares, Vardy, it it is going to be used down the line in counterattacking textbooks for school children for years yeah. i mean and and i think that he because he got known for that then his other creative abilities you know blossomed because he gained so much confidence by 
receiving the ball with a ton of space, sending the ball to a striker he knew very well who was faster than anybody else in the back line, and then racking up these assists and then playing full of that confidence. And yeah, again, not starting every game, being clearly the 14th, 15th guy on the team sheets. I, you know, good luck to him, but I expect him to struggle. You know, and another departure actually that I think hurts Leicester City is a player who had a pretty good World Cup for Nigeria is Ahmed Musa. Uh, so I mean, it's it's hard for me to see. Uh, well, let's let's also be honest. It was hard for me to see Leicester City winning the league when they did, but it's hard for me to see them doing anything better than even a relegation battle. I mean, I hate. To, to say it like respect to the foxes at the king power but i think they might really be fighting for their lives come april yeah i mean it's musa just didn't really get a fair shake in my opinion he was loaned back to csk moscow for part of last season where he did score six times in 10 league appearances and well and he you know i mean he had a good he had a good world cup yep. and i think that Unless I'm I'm mistaken, but I believe that the deal was done prior to the World Cup. And I imagine that Leicester are kicking themselves because even if he was quite clearly not a part of their plans, then they could have cashed in on him more than they did, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's a bit of an odd move, too. He's moving to Al-Nazir in uh, that's Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. But it is what it is. As far as replacing Morris, they did sign Algerian international Rashid Ghazal from Monaco. Uh, some big, big shoes to fill, but he he's a good player. Yeah. Um, and someone who, you know, Claude Puel, is, he has had him in the Lyon Academy. So at least he'll, I think he'll definitely get a fair shake. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Um, I mean, I'm I still I don't know. I, we we should we're dwelling a lot on the first match of the the whole season. We've got a lot to go, but I still think that this is a game United take Leicester struggle. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, we should also say that they added Johnny Evans, veteran defender Johnny Evans uh, from West Brom. So. Um... We'll see what happens there. Moving over to Saturday, the early kickoff is between Newcastle and Tottenham. Looking at Newcastle and what they did over the summer, uh, I mean, what would you say their biggest move here is? I think I mean, well, the one I like the most is uh, Yoshi Norimoto. Had the um, the Japanese player from Mines. Yes. I, I mean, again, you know, again, speaking about um, the way in which the World Cup can impact our perception of a player. You know, the J- Japanese team played above themselves. I think that they are going to feel kind of hard done by, especially with that Belgian game. So yeah, he's an exciting signing. I, I'm still, I'm still wondering about Solomon Rondon. Yeah, that that I, was a that was a weird. They brought him in on loan from West Brom with yeah. an option to buy, I believe. And he's just he's the kind of player though that he's 
he's like one of my friend, old friend of mine, often described as the ridiculous danger man when he ever played football because he could be totally invisible and fall over flat on his face with a golden chance, or he could, you know, take a turn on the half volley and rip it into the top corner. And I feel similarly about Rondon. Like he's he is a player with a lot of talent, but he also just goes missing for not just games but seasons. Yeah, he, um, and, to me, he feels like a lesser version of Olivier Giroud. Well, and you know what else I was going to say? I think that that's correct. And he's also a lesser version of and a replacement for Alexander Mitrovic, who went to Fulham. And I think that for my money, I would much rather have Mitrovic. That's, you know, that's, that's how I feel. I think Rondon is a quality player. I think that he might be just good enough to keep United, Newcastle, I should say, out of relegation. But they're, you know, they're another team that, like Leicester, perhaps even more so than Leicester, safety has to be goal number one. And much more than that is just, as you said, cake on cake. Yeah. I do think that they got a very, very good deal for uh, Fabian Scher from Deportivo La Coruña, the uh, Swiss defender. Because um, La Coruña, they were relegated, so they got him for a super low fee. So that is a quality, quality buy from Newcastle. Hopefully, Rafa is happy with the dealings this summer. Who knows? He never seems happy. No. I mean, he's, well, although on a scale of unhappy to Mourinho pouty. He's not quite that bad, but certainly not exactly thrilled. (laughs) Uh, Looking at Spurs, they've done, uh, let's see here, uh, nothing. (laughs) They've done nothing. (laughs) So they've had Keenan Bennett's leave for Borussia Mönchengladbach and Anton uh, Walks to Portsmouth. Uh, It seems like they are on the verge of signing Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. Uh, Which would be better than nothing, but not, you know, a world-shattering move. I mean, let's be honest, though. They have have one of the most talented teams in the Premier League, but they also – this is – like, this moment is what many Arsenal fans have waited for, which seems ironic given that – like Tottenham are finished, you know, Tottenham have an unprecedented member number of members in the English national team in a world cup year. Tottenham are like finishing higher than Arsenal. Arsenal are in the Europa league Tottenham in the champions league. And yet I think that we're seeing this is the, this is that spending for the stadium coming back to bite the squad in the ass. And they still have an extremely strong squad. Don't get me wrong. You know, they are, they are, going to be on paper at least title contenders but you know without that injection into the locker room with fatigue and heavy legs coming back from that world cup with you know even though it is quote-unquote still white heart lane slash the nfl's home away from home then it's going to be hard for them to really i think challenge for the title on the pitch even though on paper it looks like they could do exactly that. No, that's true. Very strong squad, as you said. I do still think that they lack a solid backup for Hurricane. 
Yeah. That's not Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is sort of a plan B if Christian Eriksen is hurt or, you know, worn out. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll see what happens there if they can get anything done here. But people, and when I say people, I mean Spurs fans, don't seem too happy with Levy right now. And No. <laughs> sort of understandable. Okay, moving on to the 10 a.m. games. All these times are Eastern Standard Time. We got Bournemouth at home to newcomers Cardiff City. And Bournemouth, you know, some low-key signings. David Brooks came in from Sheffield United. Uh, Diego Rico came in from Leganes. And Jefferson Lerma from Levante. As far as notable departures, Benic Afobe went to Wolves. And um, Lewis Graben went to Nottingham Forest. So Bournemouth, I feel like they keep being better than the... Uh, if you're just looking down the team sheet. They're better than the sum of their parts or whatever you say. Yeah, greater than the sum of their parts. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a favorite, a phobe, former Arsenal prospect. I mean, I think that he is a player who is well suited for a team like this. And they're, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to imagine Bournemouth going down, but that's also because they have so consistently played above themselves, you know? Uh, and, and I mean, in their opponents also Cardiff, I, they are a team that I'm really excited to see entering. You know, I know that you've got some history there <laughs> that I don't necessarily have, but uh, um, I mean, the Cardiff, the Cardiff is. I keep just I keep feel like I'm a broken record at this point. They're saying like, yeah, yet another team that's going to be just vying to stay out of the relegation battle. Um, they're not the team I think is most likely to stay up. But I'll call them the team that I think is the second most likely to stay up of the three. And there are a lot of Premier League sides that, speaking of Leicester, I think really could face the drop after not having done so for some time. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to get that really tight bottom third of the table where it's not going to be more than maybe a point or two that's going to be separating teams being safe and dropping down. I, I feel like the parity in the league has grown a lot. We've seen that the past couple of seasons. And Cardiff, although they haven't really done any high-profile signings, you know, they played good in the championship. Let's see if that can translate to the Premier League. I think they're going to struggle to score goals like a lot of newcomers do. Yeah, of course. So we'll see how they do here. They brought in Josh Murphy from Norwich, Greg Cunningham from Preston, Alex Smitties from QPR, and Bobby Reed from Bristol. So um, not the most sexy names there, but it will. Mm. You know, it is. Um, it's still interesting. It's still interesting. Okay, next team up for a shave, that's Fulham. They are also newcomers. They play a derby in their first game back in the Premier League as they take on Crystal Palace. 
And Fulham, like you said, they uh, made the loan move of Alexander Mitrovic into a full-on transfer. I think that's a very good piece of business for them. And yeah. then, out of nowhere, it seemed, they uh, poached Jean-Michel Zerri from Nice. Mm-hmm. Who was I... uh, definitely you know, being linked with some better teams than Fulham. Well, no, I see. I I take issue with that. I mean, they're. Oh. I you know I kind of uh, gestured towards this previously. They are f- far and away my pick to, you know, avoid relegation and stay up in the Premier League. I mean, they're a team that has a pretty robust Premier League history, and I you know I nothing against. Cardiff right but they've like recent past they've stayed up for a long time and granted when they went down they went down and they went down down yeah and they really struggled for a while as well but I I mean the like that core of players alone just those three signings I think is the backbone of a decent Premier League team And yeah, no, their summer has been great. They've done some phenomenal things here on paper as far as the transfers goes. Getting Seri in, getting Schirle on loan from Borussia Dortmund, getting Mitrovic yeah. in, uh, buying Alfie Mawson from Swansea. He's a very solid central defender. And Callum Chambers is a solid defender. He is, like, I don't know that he is going to be a week-in, week-out, you know, solid back-four member of an Arsenal backline, although we haven't seen a solid Arsenal backline in a while, it should be said Hey-o. that, but you know, Cham- you, you give me Chambers, Mitrovic, Sherla, Seri, those four players. I tell you like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I can build a team around that. And that's in addition to a team that was able to get promoted in of themselves. And, you know, it's not the, it, it's by far un you know, unprecedented that we've seen a team that hasn't made those kind of additions still be able to like do things that we didn't anticipate, like take Southampton's first season after getting promoted, for example, you know, it, it in the recent past, I should say. Yeah. Um, but this is a team that I expect, I expect them to not only avoid relegation. I think that they will, be able to be mathematically clear of the drop by the end of March. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you just read off those names and didn't tell me it was Fulham, I, I mean, I would have picked them like a mid-table team. Yeah. Like, yeah, those are reasonable signings for a mid-table team. Uh, their opponents, Crystal Palace, if we take a look at what they've done. So as far as players coming in, Vicente Goaita from Getafe, Sheko Koyate from West Ham and Max Meyer from Schalke. Yeah, Meyer is a name that I'm not terribly familiar with that I'm interested just because, you know, Schalke is Schalke is kind of there I I I hate drawing these parallels because they often, you know, they're they're easy to poke holes in, but I still think that it holds some water is that in many ways, Schalke are kind of the arsenal of (laughs) Germany in that they're always right there with it. They don't seem to ever quite lift the trophies in the Veltins arena, except the occasional poke hole, but they're a historic team with a history of success that are still really good and also have a history of developing talent. You know, we were speaking earlier about Andre Schirler. 
uh, unless I'm mistaken, a Shulka prospect himself. So Meyer's a player that I'll be interested to see how he can do down the road in this Premier League season. Yeah, I mean, definitely in the right, you know, he's only 22, turning 23 in um, September. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he made 24 starts in the league for Schalke last season. Um, All in all, he made almost 150 league appearances for them. He's been capped a couple of times by Germany, although his last cap came back in 2016. Uh, But still, it's it's a very solid player. I think he can do some good for them. And um, I was a little bit surprised that Yuan Kabaye left. He signed yeah. for Al Nazr. Oh, another. He's going to link up with Ahmed Musa. Yep. Uh, also, I should correct myself. I was wrong. Surely it was from Mainz. Okay. Not there from. You go. Uh, yep. That's, from that's important. Schalke. No, and Kuyate, I mean, been a solid player at West Ham. Not the most exciting signing, but uh, it's, um, you know, they'll, I think Crystal Palace, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, although I think that Fulham being back here playing at home in the first game, they might see a loss as far as this first match goes. Oh, yeah, and I mean, Fulham are going to be full of excitement and hunger. You know, the, the players are going to be hungry for the derby the fans are going to be hungry for not only a derby but a derby against the local rival in the premier league back in the premier league starting at home i mean craven cottage is going to be absolutely rocking on saturday and if palace can even muster a point out of that fixture then they have to be happy with that i mean you know okay not that their supporters are ever happy with anything less than a win against a local rival but realistically if they get anything from that game, that's a good start to the season for them. Yeah, no, it is. Next game, Huddersfield against Chelsea. Uh, Huddersfield, I, I feel bad for Monaco. I feel like Monaco have just been ravaged this summer. Uh, they took in a couple of players from Monaco in Terence Congolo and Adama Diakhabi. Thanks for having such easy-to-pronounce last names. Um <laughs> And then they also brought in Eric Durm from Borussia Dortmund, Jonas Lossel from Mainz, Juninho um, Bakunia from Groningen, uh, Ramadan Zobi from Stoke, and Ben Hammer from Leicester. So not the, um, again, sort of a low-key signings there. A lot of new names coming in. They released a lot of players. Um, they sold Tom Inns to Stoke for 10 million pounds. Which seems like a lot for him to me, but, you know. I don't know what happened there. Tom Inns coming up was such a highly touted prospect, but then just seemed to really stagnate. And maybe now he's just a very good championship player, sort of below average Premier League player. I mean, that's, you know, not terribly different from i would say other names we've mentioned namely johan Caballé departing for uh al nasser and also the potential signing of jack Grealish. i mean i think he's another player that would seem to be you know on paper at least kind of touted as like oh he's going to be that next new great thing and he's going to be amazing and then he's still very young right yes. but yeah. he's you know still 
the the best the best Premier League midfielders by the time they're 23 are pretty well established as of like maybe not yet world class but moving in that direction and Jack's only 22 but he'll be 23 in a month and he still has never quite for me anyway done enough to show that he's really got that level of talent and commitment and he's also got like a little bit of um a little bit of the the you know Joey Barton-esque mean streak in him yes yep uh definitely has some off pitch issues uh hopefully that will go away with age who knows who knows Oh, um, never did for Joey Barton. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, looking at Chelsea, it's been a pretty busy summer for them. They brought in a new manager in Maurizio Sarri, who came over from Napoli, where he's done a very, very good job with Napoli for uh, for three years. So um, I think that could be a very, very good signing for Chelsea. He brought with him uh, Jorin Roj. Oh, God, me and names today. <laughs> Jorginho um, for an undisclosed fee. I, a lot of these are being listed as undisclosed fees. That's why I'm not throwing out a bunch of uh, numbers at you, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, they also picked up Robert Green on a free transfer. Nice little you know, third option there. Uh, Mateo Kovacic came over from Real Madrid on a loan. And then they uh, just finalized the deal for... Kepa Arisa Balaga from Athletic Bilbao, who is going to be their new number one keeper as Thibault Courtois left for Real Madrid. Has that been finalized yet? It's been finalized today, so perfect timing for us to record. Ah, okay. There there you go. Yeah, And then, of Uh, course, they sent out a buttload of players on loan, as usual. I'm not even going to name them all. Yeah. Um, God, they always do that. It's, always. I, do, so here's here's a question for you in that last little bit of the silly season we still have. Hazard, is he going to stay? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah, after, I think definitely after the window closes in England, because it's still going to be open in other parts of Europe for a while. But I feel like a lot of Premier League clubs are going to be like, nah, we're done now. We're not going to sell any players since we're not able to bring in a replacement. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, how much money do you think? Uh, let me see if I can find a uh, a number here for Courtois as far as how much he costs. Uh, 35 is what I just Okay, thought. so 35 million and Kovacevic going on loan the other way. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, but he, I mean, he's still, he's rumored to be unhappy. Um, yeah, but he's. The thing is that Chelsea don't need the money. No, they don't. It's going to take such a big bid for him to leave. Oh, and oh gonna, yeah. No, he would, he, I, I bet that they would not take anything less than a hundred million pounds for him. Yeah. And nor should they. No, and even then, I mean, really, since we're so close to deadline too, it could be another thing where it's like, okay, give us. 90 million and this player or 80 yeah. million and this player. So 
I think it would have to be a really, really sweet offer for them to accept this. And it's hard to say which players, you know, sorry, feel like I need these. But I think Chelsea, they could do a lot of good this season. And Kepa Arisabalaga, very, very good goalkeeper. So I don't think that they're going to miss Courtois that much. He might have, you know, he's still young. So he might have a little bit of a learning curve, as like we saw with David De Gea when he came over from Spain to the Premier League. But no doubt in my mind, they got a, you know, he could be their first keeper for the next 12 years. You think so? Easily, yeah. Unless Real Madrid wants him in, you know, five years. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Uh, I also, knows? I think that Real Madrid got a steal for Courtois for $35 million. Oh, yeah, that's cheap. Yeah, for a keeper of his stature, that's extremely cheap. I mean, this, the, I have the, the sense that this was the club acquiescing to say, okay, you've done right by us in the past, and him saying, you have to sell me. Uh, but yeah, that, mean, is, it, that is a cut rate price for a keeper that good. Yeah, and I mean, it helps that they got Kovacic. I want to call him Kovacic, but Kovacic. Kovacic. uh, On, uh, you know, going the other way here. I just want to see if I can get a... It just says that he's on a season-long loan. I don't know if there's an option for them to buy him or what, but you would hope that that's the case. If you're a Chelsea supporter, because he's a very, very good player. So we'll see what, how things shake up there. But Chelsea, they shouldn't have any problems with Huddersfield, even though they're on the road. Uh, next game is Watford against Brighton. And uh, looking at Watford's offseason here. In... Ben Vilmot from Stevenage, Gerard Delafueo from Barcelona, Mark Navarro from Espanyol, Adam Mazina Bologna, Ken Sema from Östersund in Sweden, and then Ben Foster from West Brom. As far as notable departures, Richarlison. I don't really see any. Richarlison. Hmm? Richarlison. Uh, no, that's nothing. Not, that's not done yet, is it? Yeah, he went to Everton. Why is it not listed? Now I'm pissed. It's totally listed. Uh, let's see here. Richarlison leaving Watford for Everton. Oh, yeah, there it is. Never mind. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Yep, that's uh, the only one. Yeah, well, and I think Zarate, although Zarate... Is yet another no. He, yet, uh, no, yet come another on. player. Come who, on. Well, no, I'm sorry, but give me a second. Let me finish. Let me finish. He's horrible. Like, yet another player who was going to be that hot new thing half a decade ago, and ended up being that lukewarm coffee that you might drink if you have to, but mostly just because you need caffeine. You don't actually like it. Yeah. Yep. Uh... I mean, Delefeu, when we last saw him in the Premier League with Everton, I think he was good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and he's, speaking of kind of standard transfer stories, yet another to go to Barcelona and sit on the bench and occasionally get a few minutes and become disgruntled and come 
back to a lesser club in England. Yeah, well, wasn't that just because they had the buyback clause on him? I want to say that was the case. Mm, possible. I'm I, not I, familiar with Delefeo's contract situation, but I'm also familiar with the fact that he did not light the world on fire at the Camp Nou. Yeah. I do feel like Barcelona, they tend to do that. Bake in oh, yeah, that totally. bu- buyback clause in when they sell a player. Uh, Ken Sema Ostersund, you know, was a very prolific player for them when they were in the Europa League and uh, probably didn't cost much money, so the good signing there. Um, I do want to see what he can do. He is quick. He is a very, very quick. So we'll see if he, he'll get a chance to use his speed here flying down the flanks until he runs into his first, you know, proper Premier League defender. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> so we'll see. But, he, you know, he played well against Arsenal. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Brighton and Hove Albion, a lot of players coming in, a lot of players leaving. So I'm going to take a deep breath here, and then you're just going to listen to me rabble off a bunch of names. <sighs> Leo Balogun, Mainz, Joseph Tomlinson, Joville, Florin, Andone, Deportivo, Jason Steele, Sunderland, Bernardo Fernandez da Silva, Junior from RB Leipzig, uh, Hugo Quero from Arsenal, David Button, Fulham, Ives Bizoma, Lille, Percy Tau from Mamelodi Sundowns, that's South Africa, Ali Reza Yahabankas from Alkmaar, Anders Dreyer from Esbjerg, Billy Arce from Independiente del Valle and Leo Skire Ostigard from Molde. So there we go. A couple of uh, Scandinavian connections there in um, Dreyer and Ostigard. I think Dreyer, very interesting buy. He won the um, Golden Boot in the Danish second division. Uh, young guy. So we'll see if they can develop him in something new. If you take a look at this long, long list of players, which one sticks out for you? Is it Bernardo Fernandez da Silva Jr. <laughs> from Leipzig? They actually sold a player. Uh, they did actually sell a player. I mean, I, the the name that I have to say is just because of my own familiarity is Hugo Keto. Uh, he is the second most disappointed um young goalkeeper departure for me from the Arsenal Youth Academy. I mean, he's a player that I think at 20 years of age still has, I mean, he's not, he's not going to make an immediate impact for the goals. I don't think that for a second, but he's a player that I think they probably were able, able to lure him. Um, that sounds creepy. I don't want to use it exactly it like really that. Does. <laughs> a dark uh, van it, and some candy. <laughs> A d- yeah, a dark van and some candy, and the candy was labeled, we play in the Premier League, and like, ooh, that seems nice. Uh, although, unfortunately, it has a gooey nugget, oh, crap, we might be in the championship for the next four years after that center. I think that's almost a benefit for him, though, if they would go yeah. down. Yeah, no, because, I and I, I think that it, I mean, it is and it isn't, but he still gets to deputize as a Premier League keeper. I mean, I think that it's likely that he'll at least actually make the bench in some games, which he had zero chance of doing at the Emirates. Maybe. Even if... I think mostly he'll be playing for the under-23s. Yeah, no, I think so also. But he's a... Anyway, 
is a player that I've followed uh, via George Bird's phenomenal coverage of the Arsenal youth squad. Um, he's he again, you know, and we'll talk more about the other player in a moment. Uh, but he's one of the more highly rated prospects goalkeeper, and you know, I, I do wish him the best. You know, it's it's hard to have animosity for a player who leaves when he's twenty. Yep. No, that's true. Although, I mean, they didn't really get anything for him since his contract expired, which yeah, always, that's always I mean, that's fine. I mean, yeah, but it always sucks when you have a player coming up through the academy and then like, peace. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you know, these guys are they're they're on the borderline between kids and young men, and you're trying to make it in a really difficult industry. So it's like I'm. I'm not always the most kind of <laughs> uh, even-keeled, nonpartisan when it comes to Arsenal Football Club and the Premier League in general. But when a player's at that stage in his career and he hasn't made a single first-team appearance, then it's really hard for me to begrudge him the move to, you know, just try to get on the team sheet somewhere. Yeah. As far as player departing, anything that sticks out to you? Also a very long list. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. We don't need to. I don't want to have you pass out from lack of oxygen yep. here. Um, I mean, the goals are a team that I appreciate. I don't really? know that. Yeah, well, partially, I, I used to live in the neighborhood of Brighton in the Boston area, okay. so you know, I have some, I have some like kind of strange uh, homonym association with them. Uh, I think that they're going to. I think they're going to struggle, but I, 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 you know, you never know. I, I don't think. I mean, Fulham are the only team that, at this point, before the season's even started, I would say yes. I'm, I'm willing to put a bet down to say they are playing in the Premier League. You know, 14 months from now. Um, so, I, Britain's not a team that I think are going to be. A juggernaut, but you know maybe they can stay up if nothing else for the fact that they don't have to travel as far to London as teams in the far north of England. <laughs> mm, true. Yeah, we'll see. I think they're going to struggle. I really do. I think Wolves have an excellent shot of staying up too. And Wolves Everton is that twelve thirty p.m. game, and Wolves with all their money, all the money, uh, a lot of players coming in here too. We already mentioned Benica Fobe coming over from Bournemouth. They also signed <laughs> Vili Bully from Porto, Raul Jimenez from Benfica coming over on loan, Rui Patricio, the uh, Portuguese national team keeper coming over from Sporting Lisbon. That could be a crucial signing for them in their you know trying to stay up. Uh, Leo Bonatti from Al Hilal, Ruben Vinagre from Monaco. See a see Red thread here, Monaco selling a lot of yep. players this summer. Um, and Motinho. And Juan Motinho. So yeah. a couple of uh, Portuguese players coming in there. Paulo Alves came in, coming over from Liverpool on a free. Uh, Johnny Castro Oro coming over from Atletico Madrid on loan. And then they also bought Adama Traore from Middlesbrough. So here's why I think that Wolves have done and a really great job in this transfer window, even though I would say that on paper, even Fulham actually have a stronger uh, incoming class of players. But this this class of players is still really strong on paper. But, you know, you hinted at it 
uh, in what you were saying is that not only are there a handful of players from just, you know, coming from uh, Monaco, right, but a lot of players coming from Portugal. And that, I think, will really help them to settle in England, you know, because they're not moving to the capital. They're not even moving to Liverpool or Manchester or Bristol. You know, they're moving to Wolverhampton. And we've seen players struggle to settle in England, even in those big cities, in part because of the weather, in part because of the, you know, cultural divide is real everywhere. But I think that that kind of continuity now, you know, it'll precipitate a mutiny in the dressing room and everybody will move back to Iberia. I don't know. I don't think that's that likely. I think more likely that this is going to help create kind of a diasporic enclave, help these guys settle. And I think it can only be good for Wolves this year. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some nice, you know, they're not too far away from Birmingham. There's probably some nice suburb that they can all move into. Uh, they tend to stick together as far as where they live. So I, th- I think they'll be fine. One thing that is surprising, though, so we've talked about Benicophobia here. You know, he went on loan to to Wolves very good as they secured promotion. And then they, you know, used their option to sign him. And then they loan him out right away to Stoke with a option to buy or a forced option to buy him in January. Which yeah, it's bizarre. Very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. But it will be nice to see Wolves is it nice to see? Well, I say that it's nice to see Wolves back. I don't know if it is. Eh. Well, we'll see. It's nice to see Wolves at least back and uh, back and committed to like at least what seems to me anyway some clear philosophy of okay, guys, we got to do something. Let's do it like this. <laughs> yeah, but it's also backed by you know all that money. Well, yeah, but money talks, and it helps in the Premier League. It turns out it really does. But I mean, that's why I'm not, you know, jumping for joy here. I, it's like, yeah, you got a bunch of Chinese money. Congrats. Well, yeah, I mean, there's. Is this the first step? Are they doing what City did? Who is their Rocky Santa Cruz? <sighs> No, there. I I doubt that. But I, I mean, honestly, said the thing is that this is at this point. It's hard to hate wolves for that. It's more of a hate the game, not the player. Don't mm. shoot the messenger and other mixed metaphors kind of situation yeah. in hate, terms of the, the influx game, of the club. global capital. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Uh, Everton. Also a interesting uh, offseason for them. Uh, Wayne Rooney leaving for the MLS. How's he done since he came over? <laughs> Have you paid any attention? I saw that he I mean, scored a goal and broke his nose in the same game. Yes, that was that was like the most Rooney thing ever. Uh, no, I mean, he's he is not lighting the world on fire in the way that Zlatan lit the world on fire, but then again, Zlatan only lit the world on fire for one game. Oh, come and, on. Oh, yeah, he, he didn't score for like the next 10 matches after that. 
Is that really true? Yes, it's really true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I highly doubt that that's the case. Uh, how do I look at... He's scoring 500 goals in the next few games. I can, I can start by saying that the MLS website looks like trash. That's true. It is not... Ugh. It is... Uh, let's see. He's second in the Golden Boot race. <laughs> He's got... Why is it giving me all this random stuff that I don't... Why do you have game-winning goals up? Come on. Just give me a straight-up goal. There we go. Okay, so he's got 15 goals. In, yeah. In, let's see, 17 games. 14 starts. That's a, that's a good return. That's a I still think Bradley Wright Phillips is playing better, though. That but. is a great return for a 36-year-old. Yeah, but you know who? You know how many goals he's behind for the Golden Boot race? It's like ten. Eleven. Martinez. Yeah, Martinez <laughs> is. Yeah, Martinez. It's not even close. Nope. Yeah, Joseph Martinez running away with that one. Uh, so good on him, I guess. Okay, uh, Everton. So new manager in uh, Marco Silva. I think that's an excellent appointment. Everton are actually going to play some nice, you know, some pleasing football so you're not just sitting there moaning um big sam sure you know he did what he did but marco silva now they can actually start building towards something looking at their transfers like you said richard richard lison from watford they also signed lucas digne from barcelona that i think is an excellent signing and Juan Virginia from Arsenal. Yeah, that, and Virginia is actually the the player who I and many other Arsenal fans are most disappointed to see leave. I mean, although I was just saying that I don't think that Keto is going to break in and brighten his first season, and I also don't think that there's any way that Virginia is going to unseat. Um, you know, uh, Pickford at Everton. I think that it's great for him to deputize under Pickford. And I, I think that he's a pretty clear number two, to be honest. Um, so I, I think he's a great acquisition. Um, Richarlison, he's fine. He's a squad player. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that either of them still, as you said, you know, hold a candle to Lucas Nia from Barcelona. No, I think that's an excellent, excellent signing, and it's a long-term signing too. As you know, they've been blessed having. Um, I'm blanking on his name now. Left back, help me out here. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> ah, come on. <laughs> Uh, I don't know the player you're thinking of. Really? Uh, Leighton Baines. Baines. Baines? Yes. For many, many years. But he's been injury prone. He's 33 years old now, turning 34 later this year. So uh, that spot should be Lucas. Lucas is... Yeah, I mean, it's still not exactly thrilling when your team's biggest signing is a fullback, but it's nonetheless a very prudent and important move for the club. Yeah, that's true. As far as players leaving, we spoke about Rooney. 
you know, it, it is what it is. He's was clearly on his way out as far as quality goes. Uh, Davi Klaasen left after only one year, signing for Werder Bremen. That was a bit of a flop. Mm-hmm. I think he would have done better under Silva, though. But it is what it is. Okay, moving along to Sunday. If I can just get my schedule back up here after looking up Leighton Baines. There we go. Early game, we have two of them kicking off at 8.30. First off, Liverpool against West Ham. Liverpool, I mean, this team is just starting to look so dangerous. They've signed oh, yeah. Fabinho from Monaco, Nabi Keita from RB Leipzig, Alisson Becker from Roma, and then just for the fun of it, Sheridan Shakiri from Stoke. Yep. Uh, Quality signings. All four of them. I mean, Shakiri is the, again, we're just going to keep running with that phrase. He's, he's the, the le- cake on cake. Yeah, well, he's the least interesting signing here, too, which is kind of I know, that's what I, that's what I mean. He's yeah. like, the, he's like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just throw him. He's like the Amazon add-on. They're like, oh, well, I already spent 25 bucks. It's only two more dollars. I'll get a new pair of gloves. Why yeah. not? No, that's true. I mean, Alison Becker, I mean, they hope that he will be the answer for a proper number one goalie for them and i definitely think he can be that uh, fabinho been playing very well for monaco keita has been amazing for leipzig so liverpool i mean they should be closer to winning the title i mean man city they have an amazing team but i i would you know if i have to say which team is going to challenge Man City for the top spot, I would probably say Liverpool. Definitely. I mean, I think that I think that it's going to be Man City and Liverpool and then a drop off Arsenal and Tottenham struggling for fourth with United and Chelsea kind of jockeying for four or five, six. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a clear gap, too, as, you know, just that top six group. I mean, they look good, all of them, except Manchester United because they have Jose Mourinho. Um, Well, and Arsenal still haven't figured out how to defend. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. Mertesacker retired. Aw. He did. Well, he's still with Arsenal, though. He's the the head of the youth program now. Yeah, but he won't be on the pitch. Sad. No. Yeah, it is. We don't have a... Well, I guess we can still sing the song. We have a big freaking German. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, West Ham. Let's see here. In Ryan Fredericks, Fulham, Issa Diop, Toulouse, Lucas Fabianski from Swansea, Jack Wilshere, Arsenal, Andre Yarmolenko, Dortmund, Fabian Balbuena from Corinthians, Philippe Anderson from Lazio, and... Xande Silva from Vitoria de Guamia, oh, some Portuguese team. Um, pretty interesting names here too. West Ham, they just do the shotgun approach, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but I think that also they have, you know, this shotgun scatter shot picked up some really good players. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Yarmolenko is maybe a little past his prime, okay, but 
a quality player. Jack Wilshire has a lot to prove, and especially in terms of staying healthy. Uh, and I also think that Lucas Fabianski was one of the better keepers in the Premier League last season. It's just that the rest of his team was such hot garbage that Swansea got relegated. You know, I, I felt I remember watching him weep after they got relegated, and I felt so bad because you could tell that he'd really made a home there, but he also knew that he'd in doing making a home there, he'd proven himself to be very clearly a top flight quality keeper. And, you know, he, he had to leave and leave. He did. And uh, I mean, and now, especially with Joe Hart having continued his merry-go-round, like Fabianski, it's going to be the number one. Don't you think? Yeah, I definitely think he has a good shot at that. And like you said, he's a very, very good player. I also think that they did very well in uh, stacking up their midfield there with Wilshire and, um, Felipe Anderson from Lazio playing very well for Lazio so very interesting there also new manager Manuel Pellegrini I rate him very highly yeah so West Ham who knows maybe they'll have a bit of a bounce back uh, they didn't really lose anyone of note as I mean I guess Cuyate but I feel like they replaced him with better players mm-hmm. um James Collins was released. Patrice Evra was released. Yeah, I mean it doesn't really. Yeah, no. That's they. They are. They yeah. are as improved as any team, I would say. Absolutely. We'll we'll see. Well, if... with the possible exception of Liverpool, but they have more players out of the squad. So true. You know, true. True. Did yeah. that, and also their bar started much lower than Liverpool's. Oh yeah, I did. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, we got Southampton at home against Burnley. Burnley, you know, fabulous season last last year. But starting with Southampton, in Stuart Armstrong from Celtic, Mohamed Elunusi from Basel, Angus Gunn from Man City, and Yannick Vestergaard from Borussia Mönchengladbach. I mean, sol- I, I would say solid additions, although mm-hmm. they did... Uh, sell Dusan Tadic to Ajax. I mean, this is they're they will forever live and die by the players you and I barely even know that come up through their youth academy and will, you know, but like yeah, they'll live and die by those players. So it's their transfer window is yeah meaningful to some extent because not all of their best players came up through that academy, but most of them have. And yeah, if they're gonna flirt with relegation or be solidly mid-table, it's going to be on the shoulders of somebody whose name you and I aren't speaking yet, but I guarantee you will be speaking it in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm leaning towards relegation danger. Well, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's possible. Okay. I'm excited about, you know, I mentioned his name earlier, but in terms of Burnley, yes, Burnley. Mr. Joe Hart. Yep. Joe Hart. So Joe oh. Hart comes in to be a third keeper at Burnley. Uh, <laughs> put that little knife in his back. Uh, you are loving his fall from grace, aren't you? Part of me, yes, because he seems, at least from what you see on the pitch, he might be a very nice guy. Who knows? But being so, you know, heavily associated with Man City, you know that goes against him in my book and then <laughs> just his mannerism on the pitch he's kind of douchey so 
But now he's going to Burnley. But when Tom Heaton and Nick Pope are both healthy again, I do think he's going to be the third choice keeper. You think so? Yeah. Uh, it's, nah, I, th- I think he can play his way into the number one between the sticks, man. Oh, I really hope not. I, <laughs> I feel God, like he... you, are, you are all, all in for the Joe Howard Schadenfreude show. Well, I mean, just look <laughs> at what Tom Heaton did, not last season, but the season prior. He was a phenomenal. Nick Pope came in when Heaton got injured and played lights out, and Burnley had a phenomenal season. Uh, in addition to Joe Hart, they brought in Matej Vidra from Derby, Ben Gibson from Middlesbrough, and Vinny Steels. That's a good name. Vinny Steels from York City. That is the kind of name that I would expect to be a character in the film Gangs of New York City. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or like a Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels type Yeah, movie. I can see that also. Yep. Uh, as far as players leaving, nothing really of note. Uh, sorry, uh, if you're one of these players, but um, Scott Arfield maybe, but again, I feel like Burnley they have a very solid team here, very good at defending, managed to find a way to actually win some games on the road last season. I don't think that they're just gonna plummet down, but having them finish in the Europa League spot again, mm, no, yeah, they're I I agree, it's not gonna be, you know. It's not going to be just lead falling back to earth, but they'll – I'll tell you what. I think that they are going to finish in a very similar position to Fulham and that they're both going to be pretty clearly safe around March, but neither of them is going to be looking at anything much better than mid-table. Yeah, so they actually play third-round qualification for the Europa League on Thursday – and they play against Bashekir. I think I pronounced that sort of right. Where is Bashekir? Bashekir FK. Uh, they're in uh, Turkey. Ah, okay. So they play on the road tomorrow. So that will be interesting. Let's see if they can keep on fighting on two fronts. I mean, that is asking a lot from this squad, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, still, good luck to him. And I think that any of us, even though, you know, speaking of being a Yank and a Swede, you know, neither of us have particular nationalistic pride in the success of the English top flight. But as fans of clubs in that country, it's still nice to see the, you know, quote unquote, smaller clubs in the Premier League do well in Europe. And so I, I wish them all the best. You know, I'll be cheering for them in the Europa League until they knock Arsenal out of the Europa League. No, absolutely. <laughs> I do like the fact that they made it. I think that it gives the fans something extra to be excited about if they do make it all the way to the group stage. And, you know, you might focus a little bit more on the Premier League, and that's totally fine in their case. Uh, I do as long as it doesn't become an embarrassment like Southampton, then I think you, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. So we'll see how they, you know, if they, you know, it could be a good thing too for them that they have actually been playing some competitive games here before the season starts. Um, instead of just playing yeah, meaningless playing friendlies. I mean, what was that Bayern Munich? They won 20 to two. Oh, God. They were playing like some non-league side. 
Actually, Everton Everton had a similar scoreline in their first friendly of the season. Oh, I yeah, forget that's what right. It was like 20-something. Yep. Everybody got a hat-trick, uh, basically. <laughs> and then the late game on Sunday, you know, some people might call it the marquee matchup of match day one. Oh, God. Why did it have to be fucking Man City on match day one? Yep. Arsenal taking on Man City. <laughs> So, looking at Arsenal summer, you said you've been a little bit more uh, optimistic. Uh, you brought in Stefan Lichtsteiner from Juventus. That's a phenomenal signing. Uh, Bernd Leno from Bayer Leverkusen. Lucas Torreira from Sampdoria. Matteo Guendosi from Lorient. And then Socrates Papastapapopoulos. I probably said that wrong, but I don't care. I'm just going to call him Socrates from now on. Yeah. From Dortmund. I mean, the, these are the the signing I am most skeptical about is Leno, but he's you know one of the most expensive. So clearly, somebody thinks that they see a future in him. Uh, by far, the most exciting to me is Lucas Torreira, the Uruguayan midfielder. I mean, he's already drawing comparisons premature to Santi Cazorla, and I am not ready to speak to his ability to step into that role based on what I've seen of him. I don't think he's exactly the same player as Cazorla, even though they play in a similar position on the pitch. I think Cazorla is just kind of naturally more comfortable moving forward with the ball at his feet, whereas Torreira is more natural, kind of take a couple touches and then pass. But he's still a player who is good, confident on the ball, plays passes very well i thought he had a phenomenal world cup i'm really excited to see what he does uh Guendouzi, we were so we were initially linked with um a different french teenager from psg who apparently kind of backed out and then this was apparently our second choice but based on what i've seen from him in preseason i'm extremely excited about him uh lichsteiner as you say great free transfer Socrates, you know, whether or not we're able to pronounce his name, I have reservations not just about the pronunciation, but about what I've seen from him in preseason. He does not, you know, he he had kind of a crappy season at Dortmund last year. And I think that he's going to have to play his way into form. But this is an Arsenal defense that doesn't have room to play into form, especially with injuries to both Nacho Monreal and... Siad Kolasinac. I mean, most likely on Sunday, we're going to see Ainsley Maitland-Niles play at left back. Oh, God. <laughs> What's your early impression of new manager Unai Emery? I mean, he plays this really high-pressing style, which I like a lot. Um, I think that he's interesting in that he is always very uh, forthright. I mean, Arsene Wenger was clearly had a great footballing mind, uh, but he always kind of played it close to the chest when it came to really the intricacies of his decisions, whereas Emery wears his heart on his sleeve, you know, at least in terms of the preseason games, right? We'll see what happens when the rubber hits the road for real this Sunday. But, you know, in interviews, it's like, oh, yeah, we started with a four four two because I wanted to see this particularly, and then we switched for this reason at halftime. And those kind of, you know, nitty-gritty game management tactical changes were never something that Arsene Wenger spoke candidly about, at least certainly not to the press immediately after the game. I mean, maybe, you know, in hindsight, after a successful season, he would say stuff like that. But, yeah. um, I mean, he he has a style that I like in terms of pressing. Uh, I 
would prefer to come into the season with more confidence in our defense than I can say that I have. Um, but, you know. So you think Leno is going to be number one? Or is that still checked? I think, I think that he's going to be given the opportunity to win it from check. But at the same time, you don't really spend you know tens of millions of pounds on a goalkeeper and not want him to be your number one. I think so. It's it's Especially tricky. Especially if you're Arsenal. Well, yeah. yeah, I I still think the answer to that is check is the number one. But maybe maybe Emery sees some kind of rotation. And that is not because Wenger was pretty clearly okay. Check, you're the number one for the league. Ospina, you're the cup keeper, and yeah. stuck by that. And maybe the the vision that Emery has is different than Wenger's. You know, it's not going to be. It's just going to be you know, like change on a week to week basis based on again, you know, tactical decisions. I'm not. The short answer is, I'm not sure. I I haven't seen enough of Leno to convince me, but clearly some of the people in the back room at Arsenal were convinced enough to splash that cash on him. So, uh, yeah, I I still expect check, but we'll see. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Dospina? Because they rejected uh, a loan bid from Napoli. Yeah, I mean, I expected him to leave on a permanent deal by now. I mean, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I thought that he was going to leave on a permanent deal a year ago, so I, I, I don't know. I wonder maybe if it's just a problem with his agent or something. To be mm. honest, that they just can't get the deals done. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's also been rumored that Besiktas are after him, so maybe they can pony up the cash to make it permanent. Who knows? So looking at players leaving, uh, we said Per Martzaka retired, Santi Casorla was released, West Ham snapped up Wilshire. I mean, those are sort of the big names there. I do feel a little bit sad that you released a guy named Vlad Dragomir. That is also an awesome name. It is definitely an awesome name. Uh, he wasn't awesomely convincing, but it is an awesome name. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Okay, moving over to our champions, Man City. And, um, yeah. Cake on cake. Riyad Morris in, Claudio Gomez in from PSG, and Philip Sandler from Schwolle. As far as players leaving, you know, they've kept all the good players. Yaya Toure finally not on the books anymore. Which will be, you know, he's been a phenomenal player, but it'll be the lack of distraction more than anything else. Yeah, really. And I think getting Hart away from the team too, also a good move. Yep. So Man City, I mean, really just sitting pretty. Yeah. And Yaya Toure is still looking for a new club. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. He wants another payday. I he I mean I not knowing him I feel like he's gonna look at what offers he gets and then he'll just take the one that pays him the most no matter yeah. where it is. That's 
probably true. <laughs> so who knows where he'll end up? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, Man City still favorites among all bookies, I think. Yeah, right. I, rightfully, rightfully so. so. I mean, and Liverpool are a somewhat close second, but not that close. Yeah, I mean, they, like I said, managed to keep all the players that they want. I mean, really, there's very few clubs now that can, A, you know, come in and offer the same kind of wages, and B, the fact that City are looking to be just, you know, head above everyone else right now. It scares me, but... Who knows if they go and win back-to-back and actually make something in the Champions League. <sighs> Scary thought, yeah. but it's a, a very real possibility. Yeah. Um, and I just... I think that... I think that if anything, they... they might... If if the race is real with Liverpool, that might make them more dangerous in the Champions League because they are so deep, you know, because they kind of fell asleep last year and they got caught napping and they got eliminated when everybody thought that they were going to, you know, like be heavy favorites by the team that I think is going to challenge them. And if they have to feel switched on and they haven't already wrapped up the title then, uh, boy, they, God, they could do that double. Ugh, that would be absolutely <laughs> horrible for me. But, uh, you know, City fans would be happy, of course. So, yeah, there you have it. That's match day one in the Premier League season. I think we're not, you know, one sort of change here with the new format and everything. I think we're going to skip the predictions. Yeah, I mean, we've we've clearly, like, made some gestures towards what we think is going to happen and occasionally maybe we'll kind of call our shots Babe Ruth style on one or two games but yeah. uh, but it's not as fun as having uh, just two people do the predictions so no not even close there you have it so a uh, yank and a swede we'll say goodbye for this uh, first episode of the new premier league season as always you can follow us on twitter i'm seb norin elliot is keats was better and then we'll get a yank and a swede twitter here uh, after I hit the stop button on this recording. So uh, I'll tell you whatever that Twitter handle is next next episode. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.